JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, the thickest double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in on a Thursday. What a gorgeous afternoon. A little stormage yesterday. Not bad. I'm going to do a lot of thanking today because there are so many that I work with, so many that we deal with, so many that are my partners out there, and so many that are in, that is everybody, friends. I don't know how much time it will take, and I'll do it at various portions of this show, but please indulge me that because I haven't been here the past three days. And there are a lot of people that think I had one incredible weekend. I'm not talking at all about the days that I had off. I mean, the days that I had off, you know, I was running around southwestern Indiana yesterday, and that's a blast for me. That's all I need. But there were so many people that I need to thank, all of you that made this weekend. It was great. It was. I don't know what you thought about the race. I know, and I'm not going to go revisit all of this because you guys have already, I'm sure, stated, form stated your opinion ad nauseum now. So obviously that's on the other side, and I get it. But I thought it was a fun race. I thought that people that wanted to see a race to the end got exactly what they wanted, and more of those folks are out there that are race fans than would want to see that end on a yellow. I get it. Joseph Newgarden is top-notch. We all know that. And starting on Friday at Carb Day, and then through the Legends Day on Saturday and then Race Day on Sunday, it was incredible. I had such a great time out there. And I know in large part, oftentimes it comes down to what type of weather we were having. And let's face it, this weekend, you could not ask for better weather. 
I've been to a lot of carb days. I've partied a lot of carb days. I don't know if I've seen one where the weather that stinking perfect in my time here. I mean, it was just like kind of the three bears, right? I mean, it wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It was just right out there for everything. If you're going to get rip-roaring and fall over, it was great for you. If you weren't, you just wanted to walk around and kind of take in those that got rip-roared and fell down, it was great for you. If you cared about what was going on out there, get really into IndyCar, that's great for you. If you're out there to see Brian Adams or Soul Asylum and to have a good time there, you just could not have been any better had you ordered it, and that's what the return weather-wise was for you. It was amazing. And then on Sunday, more of the same after the clouds cleared out of here. But, man, so many of you out there hanging out with us on Friday, so many on Sunday. It was fantastic, and that's where we'll start with you. Because without you, we don't have much here, and we appreciate you. And I know I can speak for everybody here that was out there certainly on Friday and then a lot that were out there on Sunday. Thank you very much. All of you, listeners, whether or not you kind of dig what we do here or dig what I do or maybe not so much if you were a part of it with us, you know, celebrating a weekend, Uh, celebrating Memorial Day, thinking about what happened on Memorial Day weekend, but at the same time understanding uh, those that have uh, paved the way, gave the ultimate for us to be uh, who we are and wanting to have that level of enjoyment. Man, there was so much to be thrilled with and to be proud of over the course of the weekend. There really was. So thank you. Thank you right there. And we'll get into those that I work with, which absolutely was outstanding. That's hard to do. I mean, that is hard from Friday to Sunday. That is incredibly hard to do. And to put that together and to sound as good as it did, that is a job well done. I got to thank James for hanging in here the past couple of days. Brian No on Tuesday, who was in for me. Brian, thank you very much. I saw him out there on race day morning, too. And uh, Greg Rakestraw yesterday, as always, fantastically done. Nobody that is more appropriate for a Wednesday, and we still have the spring high school season hanging on here. Whether you're talking about softball, obviously, you're talking about baseball. Uh, you had the groundbreaking for the Indy 11 and that new, I, I hesitate to call it a stadium, maybe I guess I can, but a complex, right? So nobody better to talk about that than Greg on this show yesterday. So the news broke last night of Zach Eady, and I remember having Matt on, Matt Painter, a number of times, not only up until they got knocked out in round number one, but even after that, you know, about letting him handle this his own way to see what he comes up with, to get as much information as possible, and then to make that informed decision. And he had talked about the ways and means in which they can create NIL money for those, or for him, I should say, um, that, you know, others, for example, he being from Canada, it is a little bit more layered than it would be otherwise. But evidently, everything's good. He is back. Boilermakers seem to be loaded once again with the defending. I don't know how many times... How many times do we have the defending, defended or defending college basketball player of the year uh, return? 
I'd have to look that up. Maybe it happened more recently than I give it credit for. But that was great news for Boilermaker fans who are hanging out and waiting to see what could end up happening. I'll be honest with you. I kind of think about this in terms of me, and this is just where we are right now. I mean, you could like NIL. You can like the transfer portal. You can dislike it. I think a lot of people my age and older probably do because it's not the same old, same old with me. um, I just want to see some hoop. I want to see some basketball. I want to see some college basketball. I want to see those that are playing at that moment invested. Sure, it's not the same, and you know what? It's never going to be the same again. But I don't let it talk me into not watching. Oh, well, you have to watch. This is your job. Now, I just enjoy basketball. That's why I watch. There are a lot of things that are part of my gig that maybe I wouldn't enjoy watching, and I can't wait to get away from it. But now I watch basketball because I love basketball at all levels. And there's no doubt it's different, but you either like it or you're going to have to lump it because that's the way that it is. That's the way that it's going to be. It's not changing. You know, maybe one of these days when somebody runs out of money, I'm assuming at some point somebody's going to run out of money, right? Somebody is. I don't know how this is going to be able to maintain, but they're living in the now and trying to create teams in the now. There is so much going into this. Crazy. How much goes into trying to figure out who is going to play on your team? And then, oh, by the way, you got to coach it. Then you got to coach it up. Then you got to hope that what happened last year, last early spring to the Boilermakers never, ever happens again, right? Just so much goes into it. But I can't lie. I mean, selfishly, when you get the college player of the year to return, whether they're 7-4 or 6-4, it just doesn't sound like it's something that happens all that often to me. Um, And especially in your own backyard, especially with a team that you cover and do so a great deal. So I know that we, I mean, everything has got to be so on the quick now. I mean, you just got to have that instant gratification so used to guys like this being done i know that this doesn't make any sense whatsoever because what's trace by 24 something like that like i would have if, if trace would have came back i don't know cool seriously that's that's fine with me i'm not i am not on this quick pace like they are and again that's a selfish perspective but it's a true how i feel perspective I don't mind the levels that you have to go to work up to where you want to be. Now, there are just some out there that are just so stinking talented that they can skip a level. Anybody ever have somebody in your class skip a level or go out of your class to the next class because the grades were too good and because maybe that just happened where I went to school? I don't know. We had a couple, and it sure as hell wasn't me. You know what? They're done with their work, and it's all A-plus worthy, and all they end up doing, they got to be challenged a little bit more. So you're always going to have those that are incredibly fortunate, 
with a God-given ability when you're talking in terms of sports to be able to move up quicker than others. But I'm not going to forget about the others. I still don't mind that. And I guess that's the way that I've grown up. And that's the way I understand it to be. It'd be great if I could have been on a fast track. I'd love to be on a fast track. I was on one of the more profoundly slower tracks. If I was on a faster track, I would not have been busting tires at a car, at a tire shop back in 1993. I'd have been like right on it. Took a little bit. Kind of a stair step type of thing. So I don't mind when it works out that way. And again, that's selfishly speaking. Because these guys all want to get this thing going as quickly as possible. Think about that next deal, that next contract. You know, make sure you find your spot, wherever that might be. I saw all the, the guys, the checklist of all the guys that returned. There are a lot of them that at least you don't initially recognize unless, you know, they have their school name next to it or they have their picture and their uniform next to it. I mean, a lot of guys came back, and then you have the go- those guys that you question why they stayed in in the first place. You know, why are you doing that? Because you want to get that clock started as soon as possible. Makes all the sense in the world. And what they're doing is taking advantage or rolling with what has been created for them. So I guess it's up to us to get used to it, and I have long ago decided to become used to it. That's where we are. So, Zach Eady is back. The Boilermakers are loaded. Tom Deanhart's going to talk about that coming up at the bottom of the hour. What that makes the Boilers look like, for example, what IU's going to look like, obviously now moving on from Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hood Shafino. And then we'll also go ahead and get into, you know, the Pacers. When is that draft? Like three weeks? About three weeks from today? I keep forgetting today is Thursday. I think I saw James a little bit earlier. I think I said, I think it's three weeks from Thursday. Well, wait a minute. Today's Thursday, numbnuts. All right. That was on me. Today is Thursday. And see what the Pacers end up doing because the Pacers situation, and this is going to depend on what sides you might be a part of here. Do you feel that they're at a point right now where the process that they have gone through over the past year can now, with what we have witnessed, be expedited? Or is it still the grind? If you remember, Chad Buchanan came on a little over a month ago. And I kept saying, he would say, you know, we expect to be good next year or the year after. And I don't think that was a slip. I think that a lot of us, and I'm assuming including myself, have a level of expectations that the Pacers, for example, Chad Buchanan, Kevin Pritchard, maybe are not ready to grasp fully right now. Maybe I just look at it wrong. Maybe you look at it wrong. So either that, or you really don't know what you're going to do as your next step. What is your next step? Is your next step to bring somebody in with a draft selection, to trade some assets, to move up even further, to get somebody you could hard target? Because honestly, you hope not to be back up there at that level again. But given the fact that you are, do you try to take even more advantage of it? 
and then get on those those rookie contracts, those rookie deals, and try to build like that. Or if you're the Pacers, do you feel like that you're close enough right now to make a splash, to make something happen? Do you feel comfortable enough to utilize those assets that you have built and everybody has talked about? I got really sick of hearing about assets and leverage, trade assets, all that stuff. But since we're here, how do you take advantage of it? Do you utilize that for an already established player that you know at some point you're going to have to pay a lot of money? Do you part with an already established player that you have? Is it Buddy Heald? Now, this is me throwing it out there because you know how I feel, but you know a guy like Miles, do they feel like that's where they are right now to get better? Or when Chad Buchanan told me over a month ago, uh, we'll be ready to go or feel like we're ready to go either next year or the year after, was it more pointed to the year after because they have more building on the way, more building to do? And then at some point with your professional teams around here, I've asked this many times before, how long are you going to be willing to wait? Is it smart to see what you saw, for example, in December and maybe take a piece away from that? and then add to the mix of the youth that you have an already established piece in the NBA right now? Or do you want to see them go back to that well of maybe trading up, getting a higher draft selection? And if things don't fall together next year, everybody here is going to be okay with that? You guys okay for another year of, well, that's a – enjoyable loss i don't know if people can be talked into that again depends on how you see it so we got all that coming up in the next three weeks or so but that coincides with those that have decided to go back to college and play collegially once again and earn a lot of money doing just that tom deanhart's going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour from golden black illustrated to talk about obviously the impact of zach Eady being back which is substantial across the board say what you want make a joke about purdue make a joke about purdue and how they went out but you look at it, roster-wise, face value, what they did in the Big Ten regular season, what they did in the conference tournament, at least before you get back to what everybody's going to be paying attention to, and that is the NCAA tournament now. I mean, really, nothing else is going to matter, but it does. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean by that? Nothing else Purdue does next year is going to matter, but it does. Well, wait a minute. Can you explain yourself? Sure. It's not going to matter that you win the Big Ten. It's not going to matter that you win the Big Ten Conference Tournament. But it does because that's how you get there. That's how you want to find a similar seat as the one that you had when you went out in a flurry in the fashion in which you did this past spring. And then everybody at that moment that's a Boilermaker fan will then punch that clock. It's unfair. That's the way that it goes the way that it goes. I will tell you that's how it's going to go right now because that's how it's going to go right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but it does. Because it puts you back in that position to put these demons to rest. 
I can't imagine. I'm not going to speak for anybody there. I can't imagine that there are not massive demons floating around with everybody involved in that this past year. And he's not going to say it. I wouldn't expect him to, but also if you're the head coach. I mean, let's face it. I always want to live as much as I can hassle-free. That is about as much hassle as you can find is going out like that, especially when you had an incredible season, one of which that was not at all expected for most outside that Boilermaker program. Nobody expected that. Then you evolve into that only to see that balloon pop in the fashion in which it did. That leaves a mark. That will leave a mark for anybody. You can be the hardest of the hardcore. That will leave a mark. Tom Deanhart, bottom of the hour, is going to join us. Yeah, I'm trying to chill out a little bit, right, until we see what happens. You guys been, anybody been noticing, has anybody been making fun of Terre Haute as a baseball regional side host? <laughs> I guess I go, so many years, like everybody has, has made fun of it. I, I go over that. I've always said this. And this is more about those that attended. Those that attended and those that decided to leave. Oh, man, I went over there and there was nothing to do. And I always said this. That's because you're a nerd. That's because you're a dork. That's why there was nothing to do for you. Of course, there's nothing to do for you. There's going to be nothing for you to do in Bloomington, nor anything for you to do in West Lafayette. That's more an indictment of you than it is of Terre Haute. <laughs> Listen, if I can have fun over there 24-7, 365, then you can have fun over there 24-7, 365. However, this is not about that in this case. This is about being a worthy host, and I'm hoping that everything goes according to form. I mean, IU and, and Ball State are staying in dorms in Lexington because they have a huge country music festival down there. Um, I haven't been in contact with Jeff, Jeff Mercer, and I probably should have. I'm kind of curious if you're IU fans, I, what, are you staying in Cincinnati? How's that work? Just curious if you're going down to that. Uh, Ball State fans, but they are st- – see, if if they were staying in dorm- – I don't really know how things are going in Terre Haute. They may be staying in dorms. <laughs> Hell, I didn't even stay in a dorm. I don't think they are. But I hope – I got my fingers crossed that everything goes according to form over there. And then, oh, by the way – I want to see that team win some games. It's been a very special season. I've really enjoyed following it. Mitch Hannes is the head coach of the Sycamores of Indiana State. They get Wright State coming up tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock over in Terre Haute. And Mitch is going to join us coming up at about 4.30 today. I am very excited about it. Sometimes it can be hard work. I love being a Sycamore. I love my time over there. But As you well know, if you're a Sycamore alumni, we all have to stick together. We have to tell everybody our enjoyable story because there are not enough out there. And there certainly are not enough people willing to listen to it. I guess they call that preaching. I got to preach. I got to preach Indiana State. I got to preach Terre Haute. They're getting a casino. (laughs) I love the Saratoga. 
I love the ballet. No, I got to preach it because there are not enough people out there willing to believe it. I just don't want to see their baseball team with all this that is going on. Hopefully there is some incredible separation to where the baseball team can continue to play in the fashion in which they have basically since February. Been an incredible run for them. They get Wright State coming up tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. That's over in Terre Haute. The 7 o'clock game features Iowa out of the Big Ten and North Carolina out of the ACC. I'd mentioned Lexington as a host site, too. Game one is tomorrow at noon. That is Kentucky and Ball State. Kentucky and Ball State tomorrow, and then you get West Virginia and Indiana tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. So uh, shout-out to everybody in the state that is involved in the regionals in baseball. That's awesome. I'm telling you, it has been a good year for baseball in this state. When you think about those teams I just mentioned, when you think about high school-wise, I know that Max Clark's team is is out now, but still, maybe the top selection in the upcoming MLB draft, Keegan Rothrock doing what she has done as the best softball player in the nation, and Ron Colley. Ron Colley's still a lot of work to do to get back to that state title again. This has been a great year for baseball and for softball in this state. No doubt about that. Uh, Mitch Hannis is going to join us, the Indiana State head coach, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll also drop in a little bit of Colts and NFL stuff for you. Mike Chappell, per usual, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Game one of the NBA Finals later on tonight. I just want to say, I to me, I don't know. If, I don't want to take anything away from Miami. I am a non-believer against the Nuggets in Miami. But I want to see this thing pushed as far as it can. I don't want to see it end. I'm glad. It was funny. Boston went out the way Boston went out. That was pretty funny. But I want to see this thing maintained. That said, six games. What, Denver loses? All right, check that. I'm sorry. Denver wins on the road into game six. Part of me wants to buy into that. And to me, that will be enough. I just don't know if Miami is going to have enough. But my God, I think we've said that the entirety of the time. Yeah, different altogether. But it isn't. We thought the same thing, did we not? I mean, across the board regarding Miami foes. And when you can wiggle out of what Miami wiggled out, we had Tyrese Halliburton on the pre-race show as he was driving the pace car on Sunday morning, and we were kind of going back and forth both off the air and on the air about how amazing that game six ending was. I mean, just absolutely amazing. That's incredible. You know, how do you get back up and then get it done in game number seven in the fashion which Miami did? They just look different they're tough to call because just when you think that they should be dead and gone they wake up it's kind of like uh, what is who's the wrestler the undertaker what's that famous gif or gif or whatever when he like rises from the dead <laughs> like miami i'm like hell that's boston game six point one anyway thank you nathaniel i will break here 
Mike Chappell, Mitch Hannis, Tom Deanhart all will join us. Tomorrow's show, we're going to be a part of the grand opening at the Twin Peaks location. The newest here in central Indiana is on County Line Road in Greenwood. That is coming up tomorrow. Remember, if you're on the south side, the old Logan's Roadhouse location, right? That is the new Twin Peaks. We are going to be a part, and I can't wait until tomorrow, of the grand opening. Twin Peaks in Greenwood. I would love to see you there. Tomorrow's show will be live, local, and late-breaking from there. All right, otherwise, 239-1070. Email the address of JMV at... 1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Good to see everybody going in there one more time. We got Rick Springfield, the Hooters, Tommy Two-Tone tickets for you. TCU Amphitheater, that's coming up in August. That is going to be a great show. Your chance to win when you hear the re-entry from Springfield, Two-Tone, or something from the Hooters a little bit later on today. Your chance to win that. Tom Deanhart, Mitch Hannes, Mike Chappell, and you again. The Stream the app HD Radio 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Back with you next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. No, I get the question. So what did you do on your couple of days off? Let's see, I laid in a pool uh, with uh, my neighbors, Jeff Watson and the gang, on Monday for a while. Uh, on Tuesday, I mowed my yard. <laughs> and yesterday, hold on a second, here's the humdinger. Here's how you know that I had a great time. I went down the Redneck Audubon to Owensburg, to Bloomfield, to Switch City, to Linton. And then over to Spencer, up through Paragon, back through Martinsville, and back home. Now, hold on a second. If you think that you had a better couple of days off than I did, then think again. (laughs) I will say this. The one thing that I really enjoy doing, I love listening to live local radio. And I love listening to the live radio that they put on in in the smaller communities too I, I i take a great deal of enjoyment doing that but yeah if you're thinking that you had a better two days than i did you're probably right mitch Hannes, is the head coach at the sycamores hopefully he has a great weekend with his baseball team down in Terre Haute. he's going to join us coming up at 4 30 a little bit more on Wright state and uh, what could be further down the road with Iowa and North Carolina in that regional over in Terre Haute. Mitz joins us at 4.30. Mike Chapel in the 5 o'clock hour. Springfield, Hooters, Two-Tone. I thought the Tubes were a part of that too, but maybe I'm wrong. TCU Amphitheater coming up in August. We'll give you a chance to win those a little bit later on as well. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, I'll jump in there with you guys in just a second. This reminder, the grand opening of the Greenwood Twin Peaks tomorrow. I'd like to tell you what that means, but I'm sure somebody would get angry about it. 
if you <laughs> if you know me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what exactly what that means. Tomorrow, Greenwood Twin Peaks were a part of the grand opening. I'll be there in and around three o'clock, and hope to see all of you there as well. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline from Golden Black Illustrated. He is our metal-loving boilermaker coverer. Tom Deanhart is with us. Hello, Tommy D. John, listening to some crocus today. Thought about you, buddy. Were you going midnight maniac? Yeah, ballroom blitz, midnight maniac. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot they did ballroom blitz as a cover too of the sweet hit from the seventies. Midnight hey, maniac. He's a killer at large, right? I believe the lyrics here. Do I get that correct? Yeah, you got a good memory. The first concert I saw at Marcus Square Arena was summer of 83, uh, Fog Hat and Crocus. Oh, about man. That? Fog Hat and Crocus. I wasn't too far off. I was November of November of 83, right? November of 83, and that was Nazareth and Quiet Riot. Well, I saw you. So kind of the same, that's kind of the same right there. Sounds like yeah, they had yeah. what we know as classic rock bands going out with the up-and-coming hard yeah. rock bands, right? That's kind of what we got going on there. Pass the baton. Boy, I love going to MSA. Well, there was nothing hey, I, better. I mean, especially for me, where I'm from, like Hillbilly Land, and I love it, by the way. I was <laughs> there yesterday. Going, going up, you know, going up and walking up the ramps. Uh, to get to the main entrance, there was nothing better. There was that was freedom right there. That felt so good. It was just a weird building. Remember, there's a road you could drive under MSA, yeah. if I remember right. Yes, you could. Elevators up, and we see racer games there. But yeah, the concerts, boy, in 1984, Van Halen and Iron Maiden, ACDC, Ozzy and Motley Crue, just a lot of good memories for about a three year period there in the mid to late eight, mid uh, early to mid eighties. I even I rode a bus up from Eastern once to see the Christian rock band Petra. Petra, I heard Striper. I'm a Striper. Yeah, oh yeah, Striper. Yeah, I, I saw Petra. I don't think Petra, <laughs> Petra might like uh, Petra's like the gin blossoms of Christian rock. I think. Oh. So. Hey, you know, speaking of yes. uh, your your home turf, you're not going to believe this. Last week, I took a drive all the way down to Boonville, Indiana, my nice. friend. Oh, because yeah. there's a there's a football player from Boonville that you cover often. <laughs> yeah, cover. I uh, talked to Devin Mockaby. Uh, I got a big story coming out on him later. But nice little town, and uh, all the way down I sixty nine. I'd never driven all the way down I sixty nine, so for me it was a new experience. There, it's it's funny. I remember when I was growing up, my mom was best friends of the wife uh, of the head coach of Boonville at the time. And this is going back to the very early 80s. And I believe in Winslow, Indiana, I don't know if this is still the case or not, but for a long period of time, if you ever watched on Discovery Channel, The Deadliest Catch, you know, where they're catching the crabs and stuff. One one of the Hillistrand brothers, not Jonathan, but the other Hillstrand brother lived in Winslow, had a ranch in Winslow, Indiana. So there are two brothers that ran a ship, and I think they're still on it today. I just don't know if he lives there still today, but he lived down in uh, Winslow, Indiana. But uh, true story, Boonville. Nothing wrong with uh, Boonville and the pride of Warwick County down there where you were. And you got to hit the Redneck Audubon, so what, you drive like 170 miles an hour? Because nobody cares. (laughs) It was nice. Devin told us to stop by a place called the Tasty Freeze in Boonville. See? Everybody goes. You know, you, you can just close your eyes. And he gave you the melon. He gave you the melon camp tour of Warwick County, right there, oh, huh? Yeah. The tasty freeze. 
He's a big he's a big drag racer, John. Him him and his uncle and his dad they they, they like Mustangs, and they hop them up and take them to drag strips in Southern Indiana and Northern <laughs> Kentucky. So he's got he's got a sweet ride. He just bought from some place in Dalton, Georgia, and he had it. He's got a lot hopped up. So. You know, he's he's right into that Southern Indiana culture as far as the muscle cars go. I, I'm guessing that maybe before last year, there wasn't a lot of of care if he got behind the wheel of one of those muscle cars. There may be more more care of him doing that this year. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and I asked him how fast he goes. He just sort of smiled at me and goes, I can't tell you that. Yeah, they probably care a little bit more now than they did maybe at this time last year about that. Tom Deanhart of Golden Black Illustrated is with us. Um, I, tell me how, uh, see, I, I said this a little bit earlier about Purdue and, you know, Zach Eady comes back. I want you to get fully into that. But my thought is that the regular season, then the Big Ten regular season, and then the Big Ten tournament, it doesn't matter, but it does to Boilermaker fans because ultimately you've got to put yourself in that position. And hopefully for them, it's a similar position in the NCAA tournament because all that is going to be expected. To run rough shot through their schedule next year is going to be expected, and then you really have to clock in for the NCAA tournament. And that sounds unfair, but is that not just how people, Boilermaker fans, will view this team this year? Yeah, I mean, I always think of the phrase "too much is given, much is expected," right? And this is a Purdue team that gets the National Player of the Year back, and and uh, coming off that Big Ten championship season, a tournament championship, a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Yes, there was the belly flop in the big dance, but still, um, expectations will be through the roof. And you're like me, John. You're probably already peeking at some of those way, way too early preseason college basketball top 25s and Purdue's easily a top five team everywhere I would look so far. And, um, yeah, expectations are going to be through the roof. The pressure is going to be high, but I, I, I think it's what you want, isn't it, if, if, you, if you think you're a big-time program? Yeah, clearly there was clearly nobody on the fence, right, with this team that – you know, would come back or, or, for example, would leave if they knew Zach would return but would stay if he announced he was going to the NBA? None of those guys. I think the one guy there was there was some thought that maybe he would leave if Edie came back was, was Trey Kaufman ran, but I don't think that's the case anymore. So, you know, Brandon Newman obviously hit the portal, but, uh, you know, the roster's pretty much intact and they're adding, remember, one of your uh, – current town's best and miles colvin coming up here and they got a kid coming off a redshirt named camden heidi who was sort of a similar style as colvin who they think is going to add even more athletic ability to the wing for purdue next year tom deedhart of golden black illustrated can you just you still jump in the transfer portal now i'm not sure what the window is for basketball if it's open or not. Um, yeah, so I, I need to check and see exactly what, what the window situation is for basketball. Do you, do you know why um, Zach Eady, I mean, he, he could have decided, you know, a day prior, you know, whatever, a couple of days prior. Do you know exactly why the timing was right for him there and then ultimately what he found out to lead him back to West Lafayette? I was, I was talking to some people today who I think should have some idea, and, and this thing was truly up in the air. Um, and into the, the the witching hour, so to speak, of, of, of the May 31st. And it sounds like his agent, Bartlestein, wanted some guarantee from some team that Zach was going to get picked. 
Uh, if that would have, if, if they would have heard that from some team, and that's first and second round, or just first round, first, first and second round. Also, wow. they wanted some plan of development as well, and then that would have given them more uh, more stuff to weigh and consider in their decision. It sounds like they didn't even get that assurance from any NBA team that he would be picked in first or second round. So, um, obviously, things became a little more easier, and there's, there's more clarity for Zach and. And, you know, he worked out very late in this process with Oklahoma City. Someone told me he he worked out as, as late as yesterday or the day before with Milwaukee. So uh, people were kicking the tires all the way up to the, the final final hours of this thing with Zach Eady. And, again, it sounds like, if I'm to believe what I was told, there was no team willing to guarantee Eady's agent that, yeah, we would pick him and here's how we would develop him. So, Again, I made that, I think, easier for Zach to come back to Purdue for his senior year. So, obviously, the College Player of the Year is coming back. Tom Deanhart joins us, by the way, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Do you think that there will be some adjustments made offensively for Zach to be able to show some of the things that that he hopes to build in his offensive repertoire that people either, A, don't believe he can do, or certainly we have not seen, B, him be able to do or do at all to this point? Yeah, I think there's already been some talk about him maybe playing away from the basket a little bit more, uh, maybe facing up a little bit. Um, we'll see if those plans come to fruition. Everybody has plans. Then when you get heat of battle, a lot of times you fall back to what you're comfortable with and what, is, what you're successful. So, yeah, I do think there are some plans for Zach to hopefully expand his game uh, from being more than just a back-to-the-basket type of a player. We could work a little bit of pick and roll, so uh, I'm sure there's there, there's already there already have been schemes in place by the by the Purdue staff um, to put those in uh, into into motion. And also remember this too, John. Like I said, this team should hopefully be better than last year's team. Remember there there was quite a bit of youth on that squad. The backcourt were the two two freshmen, right, Lawyer and Braden Smith. And I think those two guys probably hold the key more so than anybody. Their ability to take that proverbial next step in their development, especially as shooters, I think, and scores, are going to be key because as you and everybody saw, their inability to hit three-pointers was their death in that last march. And they got those two guys in particular have to be better. And also the athletic ability I talked about, Miles Colvin and Camden Heidi. And, and, and remember this too, John, they got one of your Missouri Valley players to transfer. Yeah. A kid named Lance Jones from SIU. So. Uh, he's more of an athletic defender guy, not a real dynamic scorer, but again, just another athletic body that they, they think can really help rest up that defense on the perimeter for him. It's um, Tom Deanhart at Golden Black Illustrated on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What To me, I didn't think there was much question, but you're certainly more closer to it. You certainly have the, the pulse of it. Was there a lot of question in West Lafayette as to whether or not AD would return? I think all along it was a, it seemed to be like a 50-50 proposition for for a long time. And I think the sentiment was, yeah, he is going to return. And then the last week or so, there seemed to be a little bit of a, of a thought that, yeah, there's a real possibility he could go. Um, so all along, there, there was just a lot of unknowns. Whoever you talked to about what Edie was going to do. So, uh, again, here we are, and um, – like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how, how he can develop his game, if he can get better. Because, John, let's be honest with ourselves. 
I don't you wonder how much how much more he can really do. Well, yes, and here's, here's and there's no doubt, Tom. I hate I don't want to interrupt you. I want you to have as much time to explain this as you can. But I wanted to add this so you can further explain the fact we saw Trace Jackson Davis, who yeah. we knew that he needed to expand his game offensively, but. You end up going with what you know. You end up going with what is highly productive. And I think you're going to see something similar with Edie. If he can score down low all the time, then why not score down low all the time? I just don't know how much room there is for improvement that you need to show that is adequate to change a lot of his stock coming out of of his, his season next year. You agree? Yeah. I don't think his stock can really get much better. I mean, how, how, how much hotter can he can he be than he is right now? I mean, National Player of the Year, consensus, National Player of the Year of the Big Ten champ of number one seed. He's not going to suddenly become a lottery pick next year, probably even a first-round pick at any level next year. I think the hope for Purdue is that he can replicate what he did last year or come close to it. Just playing that same style. Again, the key for Purdue is going to be the other players I talked about before their ability to take that next step particularly, like I said, his shooters uh, in that backcourt between Braden Smith and then Foster Lawyer in particular. So those are going to be the real keys. If those guys are hitting shots from the perimeter, hitting threes, I mean, just think how much more effective he's going to be, right? Yeah. Well, there's no doubt about that. I just I don't know how he's ever going to be able to, quote, showcase anything because you're so good at what you do anyway that's so good for the team. I don't know when you're going to have time to do that. Do you remember a time when, again, the consensus college player of the year gets to defend that title the year after? When's the last time we saw that? I think somebody, I mean, this may not be right. This is going way back. Someone, I think, today said Ralph Sampson. Do we that have might to go be that it. far back? That I mean, might that, be that, it. <laughs> remember, he came back for his senior year and just shocked everybody. And uh, may I, I need to look that up and see for sure. So, yeah. It's just rare to see a player um, uh, of these accolades come back and play four years. And it's funny, John, I was looking, talking about expectations, right? Um, Purdue's probably going to be at least a preseason top three team. Kansas is probably going to be number one. Purdue's probably going to be two or three. And I looked up the last time Purdue was ranked that high in the preseason. You remember this. You were probably still in high school. Um, maybe dipping a little bit of skull back then, right? <laughs> well, everybody else did. Everybody else did. Uh, my, my friends were doing hawking. That was like the wussy, the wussy hawking. chewing tobacco back then. Yeah, hawk. But yeah, it was nineteen eighty-seven, eighty-eight. It was that. It was that. Troy Lewis, you know, Everett Stevens, Todd Mitchell, senior year team. They they began the AP and the AP poll number three in America, and uh, they finished number I think number two or three in America that year. Of course, that was a team that disappointed as well by losing. Kansas State in the Sweet 16, but still, you have to go back that far to find the last time Purdue was ranked, you know, preseason that high. And like I said, it's going to be a fun, fun winter in West Lafayette for these fans to watch Z eating and see if Purdue can, can finally get that monkey off its back in March. Too. You know, what's funny about that? I I would almost disagree a little bit with that. I don't think it's going to be fun until. They get into March and exercise those demons. I don't think the fan base is going yeah. to have a lot of fun, even if it is an elite level of winning. Tom, they're going to they're going to critique every little thing. A win's not going to be good enough, John. It's going to have to be an impressive win. You, you, you know how that goes, right? Everything is going to be you know dissected and, and, and sparsed apart and analyzed to death. And again, a win's not just going to be a win. It's got to be an impressive win. There's going to be a lot of fretting over over, over details like that. I think. 
Now, I got a friend named Greg that says that Sheboy was the player of the year last year, and he came back. There you go. Okay. But he didn't win it. And I what, guess – Well, I mean, we, you, you said consensus, and I know that's where you're going with Ralph Sampson because I think that's what he was. But, no, that is um, – you know, whenever you think something's like 25, 35 years ago, it was always like last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way that it really, goes. Sometimes so. re, re, the recency gets right by my eyeballs a lot of Well, my, my guy, my guy Greg's on top of stuff for me here, so I, <laughs> I, I do uh, firmly believe that. All right, um, Golden Black Illustrated, Tommy D. Yes, sir. Like I said, it's uh, it's going to be fun, uh, fun summer in the fall of the year before we know with football cranking up here shortly too, buddy. You got it. Always a pleasure, my man. We'll talk again soon. Take care, John. Bye bye. Tom Deanhart, Golden Black Illustrated. I think it's known as also something else. I have no idea what that is. Golden Black Illustrated. You'll find Tom Dean Hart's work. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Mitch Hannes, head coach of the Sycamores. Terre Haute's hosting a baseball regional beginning tomorrow. We'll talk to the head coach of the Sycamores, 430. Mike Chappell's here at 5. Got your chance to win and where you need to be tomorrow all coming up. 93.5107 by The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. It's quite pungent. It stings the nostrils. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Tom Deanhart, Golden Black Illustrated, regarding the return of Zach Eady. Thank you for joining us. What a great weekend it was. It's Thursday. I'm talking about what a great weekend it was. How do you know I haven't been here in three days? Is that... No, honestly, yeah, that's me over here. Isn't it? God dang. So nice. You want to hear it twice. Jamie writes this. I had three kids go to Indiana State. Great campus. Love going there a lot. The staff is amazing as well. I um, I had the best of time. Two years I was at Indiana State. I wish I could have made it eight. If they just didn't say, hey, you know what? Uh, you caused too much trouble. We're going to give you this diploma if you promise to get the hell out of Dodge here. Yeah, I loved it. Every second. Mitch Hannes is the head coach of the Baseball Sycamores, and it is a big weekend. Starts at 1 o'clock coming up tomorrow over in Terre Haute at the great Bob Warren Field. They take on Wright State. Uh, That second game is at 7 o'clock coming up in Terre Haute. That's Iowa and North Carolina. And uh, Mitch Hanna is going to join us at the bottom of the 4 o'clock hour. Now, I mentioned the Lexington Regional. That's Kentucky Ball State at noon tomorrow, West Virginia and Indiana at 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. So, a lot more for you. Here's what I got to. 239-1070. I've got like a 30-minute window before Mitch comes on this show. Mitch, 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 Mitchy. Days and Confused reference. So if you want to dial it 239-1070, why don't you do that? Rick Springfield, the Hooters, Tommy Two-Tone tickets, a celebration of the 80s. TCU Amphitheater, you listen to win 
with a re-entry song from one of those artists. A little bit later on in the show, we'll give you that chance. Mike Chappell coming up, too. Quick break, and we're back with the Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. (laughs) It'd be a lot cooler if you did. (laughs) 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Tom Deanhart, Zach Eadie's return to West Lafayette. We covered that substantially. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Hey, shout out to my good friend Dusty May, Florida Atlantic, which became a darling around here because of not only his relationship with me and Southern Indiana, which I know you guys all love, but uh, certainly his relationship to IU. He got two of his main guys back Uh, yesterday. Both uh, Martin and Davis go back. That's good. Don't think anybody got poached from that team, which is also good. Remember, we asked him that a number of times. And he talked about how other teams were coming at after his guys when they were showing out, especially in that tournament in the fashion in which they did. NBA Finals later on tonight, that is game number one. If we want to talk about that, we can with the Nuggets in the heat. I'd be looking forward to it anyway, right? But I'm especially looking forward to it. I hope that Miami's able to do some of the things that they have done so far against this Denver team. It's going to be much more difficult. This date back in 1994, anybody recall what was going on? One of these moments where you remember, if you were a Pacer fan, where you were. You remember exactly if you were here, you remember where you were. This date, 1994, Reggie Miller, 25 points of his playoff career high, 39 in the fourth. And he was talking at great length, junk to Spike Lee, which was spectacular. Uh, choke signs, grabbing his satchel, everything. Everything that we love in blank talking, right there. <laughs> Everything. LaSalle Thompson was out there setting screens. That was so good. So good. I was trying to think about those moments where, I think I used it in terms of Calbert Cheney last week, right? Calbert Cheney's joining Mike Woodson's staff in Bloomington. And... When Calbert Cheney got into his his junior and his senior year, especially his his senior year, every time he shot it, you just took for granted that it was going in. Yeah, it's going in. I can remember a few times that I have felt that way in my life, but the 25 points in the fourth quarter in 94 against the Knicks in game five was one of them. And really, that was just Reggie Miller in general against the Knicks in the postseason in the 90s. Yeah, it was good. Just everything. And see, we were still we were still at a very young age of embracing this Pacer team. I mean, we'd hung around this Pacer team for a number of years and nobody really ever noticed. 
Reggie Miller's line, 2-7-5 and five. And 25, two, seven. And you talk about getting heated up in the fourth, two points in the first, seven in the second, five in the third. Yeah, it was great. I feel bad for those that weren't a part of that time and don't have the vivid memories of that time. Because truly, there's nothing like it. And I get all the time, well, you know what? They never won anything. The only time they went to an NBA Finals was 2000. You know, what did they ever do? What's Reggie Miller this? And what's Larry Bird that? I mean, everybody that thinks that way is a complete dumbass. Seriously. If they say that, if they write that in a tweet, if it's in a column somewhere, if you watch it, see it on TV, on YouTube, just note that that person that is saying that has zero idea and is a huge dumbass. Like Sticks said in Paradise Theater, those were the best of times. <laughs> we're still scuffling to get back to some of those vivid memories of times right now. But that is right up there with them right there. That's when... That's when you felt like, and you have a similar feeling with the Colts. I talk about this all the time. You know, the 95 season and the postseason, it was like the first time you noticed that, oh, wait a minute, they, they can go further than the regular season here? What's this postseason stuff? What, postseason success? Say what? What is this AFC championship game stuff? Like everybody recognized this all of a sudden. It was just so genuine. I can't believe people so easily want to dismiss those accomplishments because they didn't win at all. Winning at all is not overblown. Winning is not overblown. That aspect of it in revisionist history is. It's lucky. We're very fortunate that both you and I have each other to guide us through all this crap. And maybe it's because for some reason... And I don't know why this is. I guess it's me, right? When my Twitter now ends up on For You, there is nothing in For You that is for me. Does it work that way to you guys too? Like my For You, there's For You and there's Following, right? Like my For You, there's nothing in the For You category that is for me. I don't know how it works out that way. It's just a bunch of jackasses. (laughs) Hey, this is for you. Well, wait a minute. This is far from me. Bob, my brother, I wish I could do something about that. But I'm glad you're back. See, you can adjust from one to the other there, Bob. I'm glad you are, brother. All right, Mitch Hanna's bottom of the hour. Indiana State Sycamores baseball coach Terre Haute's hosting a regional. Sycamores, 1 o'clock tomorrow versus Wright State. We'll get a little feel for that Sycamore team and what they face coming up this weekend with their head coach at the bottom of the hour. All right, two three nine ten seventy is the number. I have time for you. If you guys want to jump on board, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, a lot. Even though we're not in any major major teams going on right now, the college baseball stuff is underway, high school-wise. Really, baseball-wise in general, and including softball, this has been just a fantastic spring for so many and I mean, really, in, in terms of high school-wise, if you're talking about softball and baseball, individually speaking, you can't even come close to having anything better with the accolades that individually 
both Keegan Rothrock and Max Clark are getting. You know, even if Max Clark's team is out of it now, it's just amazing. Never would have thought about that 20 or so years ago. It was good. It was nice. It was fun. Even more serious now. All right, 239-1070. We'll go Eric up first today. Eric, how are you? Just fine, JMB. Hey, I just wanted to talk up Terre Haute like you did. I'm going to be at that uh, regional. It's yes. going to be a great weekend. And the Beach Boys are going to be at the Mill. they got a wonderful concert venue The Beach there. Boys at the Mill. I saw the Mill in Terre Haute, Eric. They're going to be having a is it a, uh, an '80s kind of hip hop throwback with Vanilla Ice and and uh, Young MC and a bunch of others over there too. I saw that. Shout out to the a Mill. Lot, yes, a lot of '80s bands. I think Poison might be there this summer. I mean, it's it's happening there in the Larry Bird Museum. I'm hoping you can do a remote from the Larry Bird Museum when it opens. The Larry Bird Museum. By the way, have you seen the shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel? My friends Brian and the Brick Shirt House, Alex, came up with, remember Larry Bird played a little bit of baseball at Indiana State, and he had that oh, yeah. Indiana State baseball jersey on? They have a lookalike to that on sale right now and it's spectacular absolutely spectacular <laughs> that's the shop the shop in broad ripple and carmel if you want to check that out yeah that that's cool but i mean it's happening in tarot you said the casino yes i mean the mill it hey, is it's happening i need to move Can back I- there i think i need to move back to Terre Haute and make it even more happening yes oh we need we need you too badly on the fan buddy we need live, good local radio. I love, I love it. I got to get Jesse Walker to be doing my weather updates like once an hour and stuff. I got to get all that going. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a, a YouTube video of Jesse Walker uh, trying out on Channel 2. It got on YouTube. My man Jesse Walker was doing weather at Channel 2 WTWO in Terre Haute while I was in high school. Like yeah. Patrice Dayton was doing the nightly news on WTHI Channel 10 when I was in high school. What an amazing run for both. It's amazing. Patrice, is. It, they're going to put her in the Smithsonian Institution. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. It there. is incredible. <laughs> it is. You know, and, and this business, Eric, let me tell you this. Yeah, this business, that is unheard of, that length of time. It's absolutely unheard of. All right, my brother. Go Sycamores. That's uh, Eric right there in Knox County. I was near there yesterday. Uh, Damon Dobbs sent me this. So the players of the year who returned, Oscar Shibway, that was a year ago in Kentucky. Tyler Hansborough in 08, Carolina. As Tommy Deanhart mentioned, Ralph Sampson did in both 82 and 81. And so did Bill Walton in 73 and 72. It is few and far between what we're going to see in Zach Eady coming back. Hey, JMV, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but have you been paying attention to our Cincinnati Reds? In fact, I have been paying attention to our, and I feel comfortable in saying our Cincinnati Reds. Full attention. They won five consecutive. They are actually enjoyable to watch. I hope that it's sustainable. But they are enjoyable to watch. The three games under 500. I was watching them last night come from behind and beat the Red Sox. So now that I bring them up, they're probably playing, nope, 7-10 tonight. So I'm not going to get them beat with my bad karma here in the afternoon. Reds and Red Sox tonight at 7-10. 
No, honestly, they have been fun as hell here recently to watch. And I thought that Chris Welsh made a great point last night in saying, you know, you know, these guys aren't going to, you know, come at you with power bats and play long ball all the time, but they're going to hang a- around and and they're going to, yeah, they're going to fight and try to get back in it at the end, and that's exactly what they've done here recently. Nah, fun to watch, and I have been watching the Cincinnati Reds. Hey, by the way, did you see that Kirk Herbstreet and What's his name? C. Rose Trents that covers the Reds for a long time. Uh, they have a Twitter beef going on right now. C. Trent Rosecrans, who has covered the Reds forever, and I think that Herb Street is a Reds fan. And they're battling right now. It's <laughs> uh, from Buzzard. I'm with you on the Twitter observation. The for you section is a cesspool of negativity. It is the absolute worst. How do you hang? I I mean, it's gross. It's just a bunch of people and a bunch of adults. It's not like it's a bunch of like kids in there griping at one another and TikToking at one another. It's a bunch of adults. It's the opposite of what I want and refuse to be sucked in. I don't know how how they come up with that, that this is what I want without knowing me. Yeah, I know. Shout out to UND as well. Speaking of baseball, don't leave UND baseball out of this equation. You know, I, I mentioned how great the baseball has been, uh, what the teams are doing around here individually what players are doing at the high school level in this state. Do not leave UND out of this whatsoever with their accomplishments. Well done. Good to see. Yeah, Corey wants to get C. Trent on the show to talk about the Reds. I would have to interrupt his battle right now with Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> yeah, quickly, before I get back to the phones, I did want to mention this. And I, I guess this holds true, and, and C. Trent Rosecrans covers the Reds. He is not a fan. I'm sure deep down inside he would rather cover a team with consistent success, but he covers the team. And Kirk Herbstreet is a fan, right? And you can kind of get into it a little bit, but you got to understand that, I mean, you're really on the opposite sides of the track here. I would just think people paying attention to the Reds and especially having something positive to say about the Reds is a good thing. So if there were a time to fight, I don't know what it's about here. I mean, it's about the dude that they haven't brought up from Louisville yet. And you can make that argument of, okay, well, why not? Why don't you hurry up and do it? His name De La Cruz. But you would think when you get a little bit of positivity that you could – you could kind of embrace that and roll with it because there hasn't been enough in about 10 years. So that's kind of how I look at that. And I look at that similarly to this. So I see all this all this fighting regarding the 500. And again, I'm not going to go back to it fully because it was days ago and I just haven't been here to cover it. Um, I see all this fighting about the 500. 
you know, about, you know, how the, the race should have ended. I will, will tell you this because I sit here all the time and know that fans want to see a race that ends as a race, you know, a race to the checkered flag and not, you know, in a yellow situation. But I also understand those that say, hey, you know what, you don't want to manufacture this. But I think more times than not, I believe that if you're going to manufacture something, you know, manufacture that interest in how that race ended. That is a part that I get. And here's something else for IndyCar, because I saw my friend Tony Donahue and some others from from IndyCar and some of this. And I love Tony. I think some of this is on Tony. I think he would admit that. And then Nathan Brown, who covers it for the star and um, and Nick, who's a part of the IMS radio network. Here's the one thing that all you guys need to do at the end of it. You don't want to kick anybody out of that club. Know what I mean? Like it was said that, you know, why do they credential Tony? Because he only takes pictures with the drivers. You credential Tony because there are very few in this market that love IndyCar and that race more than he does. He covers it year round. I mean, if you're going to cut somebody's credential, hell, it'd be me. I show up there like twice a year. Seriously. I show up twice a year. I go to carb day and talk about drinking. Hey, let's drink. And I go to race day. I love it, but I don't have it to the level that Tony does. And I know Nick does a fantastic job on the IMS radio network. I think Nathan does a great job with the Indy Star. But you don't want to kick anybody out of that club because there aren't enough people in that club. If that makes sense to you. You don't want to kick somebody out or hope that somebody gets kicked out. You know, even if you don't like their opinion and even if, let's say, for example, Tony needs to settle down. He's in that club for a reason is because he loves it. And that's what you hope to have. I mean, you guys can fight about stuff, and, you know, he can fight about what the star did here. Hey, listen, I don't make fun of anybody's mistakes because I make mistakes all the time. But you don't want to kick him out. You don't want anybody kicked out because you don't have enough people in it. I mean, all this building for the better, it doesn't happen if you do that. So that's why he's in there. That's why he should stay in there. I mean, really, this club needs all of you guys. And not always saying it for the better. Not always trying to be positive. Hey, listen, I admit, I'm like old enough to say, hey, you know what? In the race when you should end the race. Don't manufacture it. But I know what you guys want. I mean, you guys want a race to the finish. A race, not a a jog, you know, or, you know, a low gear to the finish. So that's one thing that's debatable, and that part is good, because I'm sure that kept people talking. I mean, Robin Miller rarely said things positively many a time when he was covering this race, or, you know, IndyCar, certainly the IRL, when they had the split. But he was massively necessary. 
you just can't afford to kick anybody out of that club. So that's my thoughts. And I listen, I don't know. I know Nick. I don't know Nathan, but I know enough about Nathan to respect work and a work ethic. And I also know me. I show up out there for poll day. I show up out there for carb day and race day. Like Tony shows up out there every day. He loves it. Talks about it every day. Tweets about it every day. That's exactly who you need as a part of that. And that has nothing to do with our relationship or our friendship. That is just how it is and how it should be. So to make that clear from those of you, like a lot of people said, you need to, you know, Tony's in a fight here. You need to cut. I'm not trying to to save Tony from this or, you know, you know, I'm not trying to step in the middle of it. I'm just telling you the reason why all of these pieces are essential to any sort of growth possibility that IndyCar and the Indy 500 can have moving forward. It's essential. Just a couple of thoughts. 239-1070. Matthew is up next. Hello, Matthew. How are you? Hey, JMV. Matthew in Maine. Hello. Hey, so exciting news up here. Maine made the uh, NCAA baseball tournament for the first time in 12 years. Wait a minute. Where are they? I'm looking at the schedule right now. Where are they? They're in the Coral Gables region going going down to Miami. Okay, so I, I didn't think in Maine they were able to even get outside until May. How's that happen? <laughs> they can't get outside. I'm just joking, obviously. So I'm making fun of your weather. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's 91 degrees today. That's that's how it happened. They went outside today. They immediately played. <laughs> you defrosted. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Well, congratulations to Maine being a part of this as well. Are you going? Uh, no. Okay, yeah. There's guess, yeah, Miami, know. Florida, and Maine. Game two, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock down in Coral Gables. Miami, Florida is the host. Other side of that's Texas and Louisiana, 2 o'clock tomorrow. So, well done, Maine. Yes, I know. It's um, it's not the best region for us to be played in, but it would be so cool if we won it just because I want to see Maine's name next to that region because when you think Coral Gables, you should be thinking of my state. Exactly. I'm rooting <laughs> for Maine, too, just because of you, Matthew. And I'll talk to you on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. You Sounds got good. it, Matthew. Thank you very much. Hey, J-Law, hang tight for me. Let me take a break, and I'll come back. Hey, JMV, how late you stay on the air? Night before the 500 on B1057 for the JMV Takeover. Um, I went until 2 o'clock in the morning, so that's a new record. I went from 6 in the evening until 2 a.m., so I went eight hours. And I bailed at 2 and went on the pre-race show at 6. I had a blast. I loved it. A little adrenaline running. Quick break, and we'll come back. I have J-Law stuff still in the back of my car <laughs> from Carb Day. Mike Chappell in here at 5 o'clock. Tom Deanhart a little bit earlier. The head coach of the Sycamores, Terre Haute's hosting a regional. The Sycamore baseball team, they get right straight coming up tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Mitch Hanna's the head coach of the Sycamores. Jones is now. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com 
and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Coming up, our conversation. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Tom Dean Hart a little bit earlier. Golden Black Illustrated. Zach Eadie's return. Mike Chappell on the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Twin Peaks tomorrow, the grand opening down in Greenwood. More about that coming up in just a bit. If you're on hold, I'll get back to you. Do not go anywhere, but on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, I could not be more excited for a community, more excited for a university, mine, Indiana State, about their baseball team. The Sycamores tomorrow, 1 o'clock, get Wright State, their head coach. Of course, Terre Haute hosting a regional in college baseball is awesome. Mitch Hannes joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. All right, Mitch, with all that, you got laser focus going on right now, right? It's laser focus, right? Um, <laughs> I wish, Chandy. I think it would have been easier to be on the road. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to get into that in a second. I'm going to loosen it up a little bit because I was asked by a mutual friend of ours how many Tony Hill stories you can come up with in about five minutes of time. How many you got loaded up? I couldn't even begin to start. I, I, I couldn't even begin that one, JMV. <laughs> well, we're mu- mutual friends of T. Hill. T. Hill is one of my all-time favorites right there. So I believe you guys were together right at, at Lincoln Trail, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, for about three years, yeah. Yeah, so you oh, three years of Tony Hill. Did you know a lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably too much, yeah. That's awesome right there. But uh, when um, when you were on last time, he, he reached out to me and said, hey, uh, I was at Lincoln Trail with Mitch and had a, a, a great deal to say about you and kind of knew where you were going at that time. And there you are right now at Indiana State. So a quick shout-out to uh, Tony Hill, by the way, who's uh, living down in Nashville and living it up as you normally do. So you, he was never he, – he was never – quiet much was he it was always some chatter going on correct he had a lot of opinions jmv (laughs) (laughs) and this is true so we play pickup basketball back in the 90s and and the head coach at eastern green at the time was mark barnheiser and tony was an assistant and we'd get morning pickup games going and this is tony hill shooting by the way would shoot and yell money as the shot was going toward the rim money and it would always miss Always. Like, I, he'd yell money and it was a brick every time. So I, I thought, man, maybe you should stop yelling money, all right? <laughs> maybe something well, different will happen. By the time he got to me, he was yelling off. <laughs> so. oh, I love the Tony Hill stuff. Um, I did want to start here, and you alluded to this at the outset of the conversation, your laser focus. How often can that be taken away because of all that plays a role in Terre Haute and Bob Warren Field hosting a baseball regional? Uh, is there a lot of juggling going on at this present time? 
there is, but I, I think the big thing is we've been able to pretty much shelter our team from it. They they've pretty much had an ordinary schedule. The thing that's the, the thing that's been great to see is obviously at all schools our size, with limited human resources, so many people have stepped up and are juggling as well. And so we have a lot of people jumping into cracks and and helping out with things. So it's been great to see. And obviously when you know a lot of this stuff, they ask for our for our director of baseball operations contact and things like that as we're getting ready for the NCAA and. We said, wait, we don't have one. We don't have a director of baseball operations. Uh, we just have a volunteer. So there, there are a lot of positions that we lack, but a lot of people are really stepping up and, and making this thing go. I'm excited because I can't imagine there's a community, a regional host, that's it's excited to to make good and to have a good time this weekend as Terre Haute is. Is that true? Yeah, it's it's been it's been absolutely crazy. I I forget the amount of time, the exact amount of time that it took Game One to sell out, um, and they went right from selling out Game One to planning the tailgate. So it's it's going to be nuts over here. But the people, our our fans have been starving for something like this. So it's been really awesome to see. Mitch Hannes, the head coach of the Sycamores, they get right State in their first game, one o'clock coming up tomorrow over in, in Terre Haute. You mentioned that you've done a great job, your staff and you, of shielding your players from all that goes on in hosting a regional. How difficult is it to be reminded of, of, of your players that, hey, this has been a great season, but it is far from over what what do you do to make sure that they're as laser focused as you're trying to be right now well i you know we've we've still been practicing in those type of things and you 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 look in their eyes and look at the way they're going about their stuff they're they're really locked in i mean they are by no means satisfied they understand as much as we do this this time of year you're one good start away from really putting yourself behind the eight ball so I think the guys understand that the, the margin for error gets smaller, and that's something we, we talk about all the time. We're starting; we're going to play with the championship plate. Things are just going to be tighter. They're going to be faster, and the margins are going to be smaller. And we've been through this. We've been through this, and we feel like we've got enough guys that have been through it that understand what we're talking about, and we talk about it all fall. You get to this point, and it, you just got to be better. I mean, I'm – I'm one of those people that believe big players step up in big moments. You you don't talk about hey we got to keep doing the same thing. We got to stay. On. We can't. We got to hit another gear. And if we don't hit another gear, we'll go home. Hey, Mitch, was it a good thing? Now it's in the rear view, and you guys won the Mo Valley that Evansville rattled the cage a little bit in that first game. Great, it helped us a ton. Helped us a ton. Um, if I don't call a series of bad pitches, we may not get rattled. That game's probably over. Um, but we had a few calls there late that I kicked myself on, and, and uh, they ended up hitting the grand slam to win the game. But I, I said afterwards, and, and, you know, you don't know how your team's going to respond. They know they're in the tournament, but there was a lot of pride to make sure they didn't lose the tournament. That was great to see. I, you don't know those things as a coach, a parent. You, you just don't know how your kids are going to react in certain situations, and I was really proud of the way they reacted to that. Well, and I'm going to give people out there a bit of an example that, that maybe they have seen. I mean, it is. It could be a similar situation to what happened to Miami in a Game Six in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals of of having your cage rattled, and then having to come back, and as you guys did, leave no doubt. 
Because that's what you mentioned. You didn't know how they were going to respond in that second game after Evansville did that with that grand slam. But not only did they respond, but they left no doubt in that follow-up. Yeah, and the the other great thing to say is we, we had made the decision. A lot of times when the tournament is do or die for you, you bring back pitchers, maybe on two days rest, maybe Evansville actually brought a couple guys back on one day rest that threw in that game because it's all hands on deck. We made the decision that we are not bringing any of our guys back in the tournament. So the guys that threw in that last game had not thrown yet, and they were down in the pecking order about seven or eight on our pitching staff and were phenomenal. They were absolutely phenomenal in that game. What's that build for your team when, you know, really from top to bottom, whether you're talking about your lineup card or those just on your roster in general, when they can be called upon in the biggest moment of the season at that point to come through in a way and then they do? What's that tell you about where your program is right now? Well, it's it, it tells you that there's been a lot of growth. It, it tells you from the time I was thinking back to, to just the other day, to 2014 when we started, we fought to get Vanderbilt on the schedule. And I remember going down in the midweek game to play Vanderbilt because I wanted our guys to feel what the, the top felt like uh, in college baseball. And obviously Vanderbilt won it all that year in 14. But we're playing a midweek down there, and Walker Bueller is throwing for Vanderbilt in his first pitch of the game the scoreboard we had a kid named trent lunsford a true walk-on freshman left-handed with braces his first pitch was 82 and i'll never forget the look in the dugout as to how in the world are we going to survive and hold our own and and i think i think we've touched that layer enough that our guys aren't intimidated any longer and it took a while but for the longest time they respected a uniform and what was on the front of it. And it took a long time to get our program to a point that we don't really look at that. We look at ourselves and we go out and compete against ourselves. And we try to play the best damn baseball game we can play that day. you got to have a lot of dudes with – this is commonplace now, and I, I guess we don't really know how it's defined, but we know what it is when we see it. And clearly you see it on your roster. You have a lot of guys with a lot of dog in them, don't you? Yeah, we do. We do, and they're fun to watch. They're they're fighters. So Mitch Hanna is the head coach of Indiana State. Underway tomorrow, 1 o'clock, versus Wright State. What did you think about the draw when it came out? Because you know we were talking a couple of weeks ago, and there was this excitement brewing about the possibility of, of getting that regional. So, I mean, you guys had, had known that you had the regional, but what did you think about when you got the draw? Well, you know, if you, you listen to the, the experts, they tell you we got a tough draw. I, I don't know. Obviously, you, when we play, we'll find out. I know Wright State is very, very good. They took Virginia Tech to the mat last year in Virginia Tech's regional. Um, that's a tough four draw, really tough. Iowa's very good. Uh, tough two draw, probably one of the top two seeds. And North Carolina is probably the top three seed in the tournament. So it, it's not an easy draw. But this time of year, it, it doesn't really matter. If you if you play poorly, you're going home. And if you continue to play, I mean, you're talking about maintaining a level of play and raising that for a two, three-week period here. And, and if you can do that, it doesn't matter who's in the other dugout. I guess you may not know this until you experience this, but how much of a home field advantage, I guess if at all, with the teams you were just talking about that could end up being your opposition, how much of a home field advantage do you expect? Well, 
you know, in the conference tournament, the first game our place was packed. And I'm telling you, our guys, I, I didn't know them. They, they didn't know what to do. We, we did not play real well that first night. That uh, UIC, was that the UIC game? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but as the weekend wore on, that electricity became something in our dugout that changed things. Early on, our guys were just – I mean, they're used to playing in front of 100 or 200 people, and, and uh, those are parents or family friends, right? And it's 30, 35 degrees out there, so it's been quite a change to have those stands filled. And, I, and not only are they filled, the, the place has been loud. The folks have been into it. Nah, that's awesome. I, I cannot wait until tomorrow, 1 o'clock. It's Indiana State and Wright State, 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. It is Iowa and North Carolina. Did they have to modify Bob Warren Stadium at all? We, we put uh, three sections of bleachers down the left field line. And I believe they were saying that that brought capacity to about 2,300. Wow. Now, where the uh, well, I don't even want to ask because you're concentrating on baseball. I'll ask somebody else that some other time about where all you guys are with tickets. But that um, that is quite an event right there. It really is. That uh, I, I want to say, man, you got to be really proud of your guys because I know that you are. But you don't want to, you know, end any any sentence in the form of a question with anything that could be relatable to a finality here because there's still a lot of work to be done. There, there is, and I, and you've probably heard like a lot of folks. You know, now we're going to change the RPI. Now we're going to adjust things because it's it's not working. Um, so I think, and that's that's something we've talked to our club about too. I mean, obviously, the the someone asked me about the chip on our shoulder. I said, you know, the the chip has been on the shoulder at Indiana State forever. It, it never left. A little success doesn't knock the chip off. It's no, you're right. It, it's it's Indiana State. It's it's Terre Haute as well. I mean, I, I thought yeah. about the same thing with Terre Haute as being a, you know, a regional host there, and uh, you know, being from Indiana State, I know exactly what you're talking about. But coach, you would know this so much better than any of us. Sometimes you hear even the most accomplished, the skilled of athletes say, without that proverbial chip on the shoulder. You know, sometimes you don't have a lot. Sometimes that's necessary to reach, you know, that competitive fever pitch, I guess, which you're looking for right now. So, you know, maybe you get to add to it, even though you guys are the host. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that's a huge advantage. And and that's probably, as you and I are talking and really getting to the heart of it, 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 probably really what you're asking is, have, have our guys changed throughout all of this? Are they still dogs? Do they still have the chip on their shoulder? Do they still understand what's in play, what's out in front of them? And they, as much as anybody, understand that they're five wins from Omaha. Yeah, and I, I, to me, that's why I asked you a little bit earlier about Evansville in that first game for the, the championship of the Missouri Valley is I, I think we found out a lot about them. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with you. You seeing that A and then B – these guys also seeing that that this is how easily you can be tripped up in this so i, I just thought i thought that that was a and I, I hate to say this you know learning experience or whatever in a loss that sounds defeatist but it's not i, I thought with that game and the way that they responded with the whole leave no doubt mentality i thought that that was a growth point for the future and a growth point for where you are right now in the present 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you're in that moment, you're just very thankful that that's not the way your season ended that that Grand Slam. No doubt about that. Mitch Hanna is the head coach of Indiana State, close personal friend of Tony Hill, and uh, he's going to guide those Sycamores coming up tomorrow, 1 o'clock against Wright State. Of course, Terre Haute hosting the uh, regional over there. Uh, we're going to be following it like crazy. Um, the best of luck. Go out and get them, and uh, we'll get you back on. We are rooting hard for you, Coach, coming up tomorrow. Yeah, I appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate you got, it very much. You got it, Mitch. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Mitch Han is the head coach of Indiana State. He is so right about that. I I get that feeling with Indiana State all the time. That's why I always tout him. I always talk him up. I always, I'm selling him. You know, ABC, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, always be closing. I'm always trying to close on Terre Haute. And people will say, well, that's because you know that it's substandard. That's because you know that university is substandard. No, that's because I'm trying to, as best I can, get the word out. And Mitch and his group are trying to do it on the baseball field. Quick break and we'll come back. That was really good. Podcast at 1075thefan.com. Mike Chappell, top of the hour. I've got tickets to give away as well inside the lounge via YouTube Live. More of your calls at 239-1070 next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. It takes him a second to get on the stool because he's under five feet tall. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mitch is the head coach of Indiana State Podcast, 107.5thefan.com. Nathaniel's running things. James is here as well. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. This just into me, JMV. Are you concerned that the level of schlep rock slash bad karma you normally bring to the table will land in the lap at the baseball sycamores as they take the field tomorrow afternoon in the TH at 1 o'clock. I can't lie to you, that's a major concern. I kind of have a bad luck charm at times, <laughs> I think. Now, good luck. James is going, oh, yeah, I want you to talk that up some more. Let's make this even more difficult for you to ever book anybody again. I'm incredibly superstitious. You guys all know this. So when you ask me if this is a concern of mine, clearly it's going to be. I think what I'm hoping for is that team is just too good to be dragged down by the bad karma of their 1993 grad slash fan hoping they're just too good same thing with the reds you know what i immediately when i talked about them winning five consecutive i immediately thought all right if they're playing right now and getting their ass whipped <laughs> then that's bad they don't play until 7 10 and we'll all gauge whether or not that five game win streak can be prolonged against the red sox tonight but yes, with me, that is a major factor. It always is. 
Hey, tomorrow, can I see everybody down there? This is going to be great. A grand opening of Twin Peaks, their new location in Greenwood. County Line Road, Greenwood Park Mall, parking lot location where the old Logan's Roadhouse used to be. Grand opening, Twin Peaks, Greenwood tomorrow. I cannot wait to see you. Hopefully, everybody's coming down. JMV, where would you slot the Boilermakers right now in your top 10? <laughs> well, I would agree with Tom Deanhart. I think they're definitely top five. And I would agree with him on Kansas being number one. So what? Three, four. I'll put Florida Atlantic somewhere in the mix in the top 10. Probably Creighton. I'm sure USC with who they're bringing in now, right? They have coming back. Arizona getting Caleb Love over the weekend with what they already have. Highly disappointing a year ago. Top five, Boilermakers, thank you very much. Quick break, we'll come back. Mike Chappell talks Colts and some NFL stuff with us coming up on the other side. I got a chance for you to win tickets, and we'll also go back to the phones coming up a little bit here in the 5 o'clock hour. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. The Sportos, Motorheads, Geeks, Sluts, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Rex Springfield, the Hooters. And Tommy Two-Tone at TCU Amphitheater. In August, I got tickets for you coming up. This is from Jeff. So, JMV, coach seems like a really nice guy talking about Mitch Hannes, the head coach at Indiana State. My son, however, is not sorry about hitting that grand slam on them in the ninth inning. That's That was the rattling of the cage that I was talking about, and that was the, the pitching call errors that Mitch was talking about. So Evansville in the Missouri Valley Championship had to win two games. ISU obviously had to win one. And ISU lost on that grand slam from Jeff's son. And they had to come back from that. And he was wondering what he was going to get. Uh, What he got was a leave no doubt performance to win the Mo Valley. And you probably... You always say this after the fact, and I don't know if they needed it or not. But, you know, if you wanted a little bit of live and learn about what can happen so quickly in college baseball in that situation, you got that. And then on the back end, you got a a big win to win the conference. So that's what I was talking about with, with Mitch you know, about rattling the the cage of his team during that. And he had mentioned he thought that that might, he might look back on that as a very important step. Maybe not. But thank you, Jeff, and congratulations on your son for dialing that long distance. For sure. Now, that's what uh, Mitch Annals was talking about, a a couple of bad pitch calls that he made right there that he wished he had back. And then his team in game number two got it done. Yeah, I mentioned coming up tomorrow, Indiana State, Wright State at 1 o'clock over in Terre Haute. Uh, Down in Lexington, you have a noon start for Ball State in Kentucky. The Lexington, the regional host. What is the country music festival that's going on in Lexington that has swallowed up all the hotels? Do we know? Anybody know that? 
Nathaniel James? You got double barrel action looking crap up right now on Google. West Virginia and IU at 7 o'clock. I got to get Coach Mercer on at some point, too. I haven't done that. Bad on me. The Railbird Festival in Lexington, the Kentucky. Railbird, Nathaniel? So who's at the Railbird? I like a hell of a bar name right there. Does it say? Checking it out. Are you a country music guy, Nathaniel? Yeah, a little oh, bit. Man. We got Zach Bryan headlining him. Tyler Childers out there. Weezer's going to be there. Weezer? They're not country. No. Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. Nathaniel Ratliff. And Nathaniel Ratliff. That's a big deal right there. I think Weezer's going to be playing on the south side here in a week or two, right? Down at Garfield Park? Uh, Weezer and Jason Isbell will headline that. Uh, people are excited about it. Let me tell you this, Weezer. I've seen Weezer a couple of different times. Weezer's legit. They're a fun band to go see. When they fire up the hash pipe, you guys will enjoy it. You ever see anybody fire up the hash pipe over there, James? <laughs> fire up the hash pipe. Not sure if that ever happens in Beach Grove. I'm sorry. I'm not sure that that happened in the past hour in Beach Grove and... He's not the mayor of Beach Grove, but he's damn close. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pilot. Hello, Mike. How you doing? I'm great. How are things going you know, for you? I remember with all this talk of Indiana State when I first went to the Star back in early 80s, I did some stuff with ISU baseball and Bob Warren. Nice, really good guy. I thought they made the College World Series back then. Maybe I'm wrong. Has been. I, be- I believe. Ago. I believe they did. I'd have to look this up too. Was that they, they the team? Were, they were. They were badass. Was that when Zane team. Smith? Remember the left-hander Zane Smith? Was he on that team? I think so. Yeah. But again, it's 40 years ago, and I don't know what what's going on. But I just remember how good they were with Bob Warren, and I. Tom James could tell us and retweet it, but I thought they made the. World Series one year. I, I just it sticks in my mind they did that. I thought it was Zane Zane Smith, notably, um, had really good years in Atlanta as a left-handed starter, and uh, I believe was a part of the the Pirates. I believe I think J- Zane Smith played on the Pirates in the wire to wire Red season when the Reds beat the Pirates in the uh, NLCS. I think Zane Smith yeah. was on that staff of Jim yeah. Leland as well. But yeah, Zane Smith was their their big player, their big arm on that team, I believe. It's just great. It's, it's great to see these, these state universities doing this and, and playing well and getting attention. And I'm telling you, anyone who takes time to rip on Terre Haute for being something that it's not, it's it's just lame. Terre Haute's what it is. It, it, it's a nice city. I, we, we were there a lot during Colts camp and you know, it, it's just it's it's kind of what Twitter is now. It gives people a a forum to rip something just for the hell of it, which is unwarranted. Love Terre Haute. I've always said this. This has been more about attending Indiana State, and this was more with regard, Mike, to those that attended Indiana State and then left and went someplace else because they said, "quote There wasn't anything to do." I always said that's because you're a dork. I mean, there's plenty to do. That's your fault. Whenever we were, you know, the, the years we were at Rose Holman for training camp, I there were several years I stayed in Terre Haute, and I stayed at the at the time it was a Larry Bird Hotel. Oh yeah, uh, Larry Bird Boston that, connection. 
yeah, it was nothing great, but it was, you know, it's got his picture and all this is pretty cool, but it, it's what you make of it. I remember going to Ball State all those years and, and people ripping on Muncie, and it, it's what it is. I mean, if you want Chicago, go to Chicago. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a nice college town, and, again, it's just crazy that people need to take 30 seconds to rip on something just – for the heck of it. Oh, it's 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 much like a lot of things that we just have to get used to. And I was talking about this earlier on Twitter. Sometimes I end up going to the um, you know follow from following to for you, and there's nothing less for me than the for you category on my Twitter, which is normally just a big toilet of stupidity. <laughs> uh, the for you, but it's it's like anything. I talk about college basketball and how unrecognizable you know NIL transfer portal is now. How unrecognizable a lot of these processes are, and then Mike, we're going down and cruising down the path where. How we get our NFL games at some point in the not-so-distant future is going to be unrecognizable to the long-term past as well. And, and, and it's because money, and I understand that you're, you're doing things, you're in the business to make money, and the owners are in it to make money. But at some point, keep, keep your fan base in mind that, one, can't afford to go – seldom can go to one game during the season, let alone – buy a season ticket and maybe they can't really afford to have these other avenues you're going to have, whether it's Amazon or Peacock or, you know, whatever. Keep in mind who really is, is a hardcore of your base. And the more, the more times they exclude those guys, uh, that large group of people, they're only hurting themselves long-term. And I, I wish they, I wish one time when, when when they had the option to go exclusive to one you know venue and they do it because it's a zillion dollars I just wish they could say no let's do it for less we're gonna, we're gonna make this available I, I I don't like where it's going and for anyone to think it's gonna get go back the way it was where everything's on on the regular uh avenues to watch things they're crazy it's going to get scarcer and scarcer we, we think the timetable is i mean they're, they're doing a lot of test patterns here we've certainly seen it uh, we know the influence amazon is having and there are probably going to be some ways and means in which you get or can get nfl content down the road that we're unaware of right now what do you think the timetable might be five years ten years i don't know it's coming because because money talks if I'm not mistaken, in the last couple of years, weren't some of the Thursday night games NFL Network, and and you needed, you know, I used to have NFL Network on AT and T, and that went away. So it, it, it's it's coming, and if you don't have, you know, if you're not one of the smart guys who who can find things on your laptop or pirate or whatever, you're not going to have total access to these these games, and that's why I always go back to like when training camp gets here. It's so invaluable to building, reinforcing your brand because fans, for no price, can go out and spend two hours. And then afterwards, these players spend time chumming with you and, and, and giving you autographs. And that's how you build your fan base. It's not by selling more and getting more money and, and restricting and, and eliminating some of your fans. So, Five or ten years, just because 
well, you know, the 18 game season that's coming, just because it's, it's more money, and I understand the chase for money. I understand that, but I just don't lose sight of the hardcore fan base, and don't continue to eliminate a portion of it, chasing chasing more millions and billions of dollars. So Mike Chappell of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine joins us again. Another uh, round of OTAs. Coming up, I, I'm curious your thoughts. And at some point, it was time for the Colts to get serious, to get real about wide receiver. You and I are still right. on the fence whether or not they're completely serious. But even though you have a lot of fans suggesting, and even some media members, Michael Pittman Jr. is far from a number one. He's more like a number two. What would he have to prove to get paid number one type of money? And is he a guy that they're going to maintain in general anyway with an extension at some point just because he's a wide receiver and one of their own? How do all these variables play in the future as far as Michael Pittman Jr. and the dollar figure for an extension is concerned? Well, he's not going to have to. He, there's a good chance he has to prove nothing for an extension. If he gets up before a training camp, he, he's already done all of his proving. And are they going to let him go into a his unrestricted year next year, unsigned, or normally they get these things done now with he and and, and Jonathan Taylor. And the, the problem that they're ha- if it's a problem, the issue with, with Michael Pittman, and I agree, I don't think he's a one. I think he's a two. I do. And if that's a slap in the face, I'm I'm sorry. I just I don't think he's the kind of guy right now. That, that you, you can see as a, as a sure number one. And that's not, I think he's a really, really good player. I think he was impeded last year by that dysfunctional passing game. But the, the issue is, do, do, do you, do you knowing what, what he is, do you extend him at, I don't know, 20 minutes? I saw Pro Football Focus had a, had a projected extension at like $23 million a year. Man, I, I just I don't see these guys doing that at that at that level, but that might be what he commands on the open market. So, how do you? And you're always going to overpay. You're going to overpay to keep your own, but how much are you willing to overpay? I, I just think it's it's a dynamic where they've got a good group of receivers, young receivers, and how committed are you to maintaining that group and it's going to cost you. It's going to cost him when, when it comes time to re-sign uh, Alec Pierce if, if he emerges like like you hope he does. I mean, that, that's why you draft these guys high. Is you think they're pretty good players, and then when they are, you got you got to re-up them. Same with Jonathan Taylor. I think I saw his – what was his projection? Was it like $15 million a year? So it, 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 it's really awkward when you're talking about re-upping a receiver who's your best receiver, but are you willing to to, to pay really what market is? And a little above market because you got to resign him. And we've seen a couple of teams, Baltimore and and Tennessee, said, no, we're not going to do it. We're not getting in there. Well, if you want to casually get rid of Michael Pittman, replace him with who? A free agent's going to But they both recognize sense, though, that's not the path to take. Correct. I mean, you can see both. I mean, Tennessee recognized by firing the general manager, and I think Baltimore now realizes by trying to stir it up at the wide receiver position uh, with bringing back Lamar Jackson. So, haven't they both right. noticed that's not the path to take? 
Well, yeah, and that, that's why you, the Colts are in a difficult situation because I think at their core they're saying, no, that's too much money. That's not what we want to do. But, but because of the situation and circumstances, you may need to do that. You've got to keep your supporting cast of skilled players strong around the young quarterback, even Minshew. Let's not, we're not, just don't throw trash out there with him. So you've got a good core of people. I still think, again, we agree that they need a real stud receiver. Now, where that, whether that's free agency next year, what, I don't know. But I, I like the, the group as it is, but they need more. How much are they willing to pay to keep it? I, I would think they need to get one of these guys done this year, and then you can irritate the other guy because he's not done. But that's that's how the NFL is. You've got to do it on, on the team's time because they've got the hammer. And I'm really curious if they get one done or both done and which one do they prioritize. I don't know. Taylor is a better player, but he's a running back. And and teams have gotten by without elite running backs. You know, he rushes for 1,800 yards, a franchise record two years ago, and they don't make playoffs. So you can argue then, then how valuable is he? Well, it wasn't his fault. He he carried that team, but uh, I just I'm really curious how they how they look at these two positions moving forward. When you get good young talent, the blueprint is keep them. Well, then you get into money, and it's a tougher debate. To Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We didn't really ask this with the first batch of OTAs, but what exactly, besides the quarterback and, and that particular evolution, hopefully uh, it better be, to a week one starter, what what else are you looking for as, as far as what you want to see and, and what most interests you about June NFL practice here in Indy? Well, I generally look at this time of year is who's practicing and who's not practicing. Because these, the offenses should look pretty good in OTAs because it's scripted that way. There's, there's little contact. There's nudging. So the, the passing game should look really good. The running game should look really good. I'm curious about who's practicing who's not. JT's not practicing. He had the ankle surgery. So that was expected. Shaq Leonard's not practicing. And I'm a little concerned, a little we had our podcast yesterday on Fox 59, and my buddy Dave Griffiths, he, he went DEFCON 1. And I understand it when they say there's, he's making progress, there's no timeline. Yeah, I would like to think there's a timeline. I, I, I'm kind of resigned to the fact we won't see Shaq in OTAs, even in minicamp. But holy smokes, he needs to be ready to go, I think, by training camp. Or th- then the level of concern really goes up. We're six and a half, seven months removed from surgery, and it's obvious, and as it should, they are taking their time, and they're they're really being cautious on his rehab, because everyone says and they're agreed that he rushed back too quickly last year, last summer, but I would think after seven or eight months, whatever whatever the time would be, in, in, in late July, August, that. He should be doing something. I, I, if not, I just then why would you expect him ready when the season starts? And I don't mean to be an alarmist, but at some point, I mean, you got to know where he is and what you expect. And I know this is killing him. I know it is. 
Uh, that's why he came back too soon last year because he's the ultra competitor. But you're talking about a back. You're talking about discs and nerves. And the first one didn't work, obviously. So I, I was kind of hoping from the optimistic side that he would do something in OTH. I don't think that's going to happen. Come training camp, if he's not ready or if he's on pop, I, I, I'm really concerned that I just am. I just wonder because – I mean, I, I, I go back to the Chris conversation that I have with Chris Ballard, and you guys did as well back in February, into February, early, early March at the Combine. And I know that the NFL and everybody's big on secrets, but in this case, I think it would be more logical. I'm not suggesting put a timeline on it, but if you felt good about his return, feel good about it. And tell people around here how good you feel. So it was it was a bit throwing cold water on it when I asked him, and his response was, "Well, I'm not betting against Shaquille Leonard." That didn't sound good was, to me at all. That was in that was in February too. Yeah, and, and here we are, you know, with, with, with June, and it, it, the the longer it goes with him not practicing, and I'm I'm saying day after day after day practicing. You're concerned, and anytime you don't get much from the team, I understand the team. They don't want to give where well, we expect him by training camp, and then whoever, any player, and then he's not out there. We say, well, you see, I said training camp. Well, you know, th- things you know kind of transpire on their own timeline, but this with any player, ACL, patella, whatever. There's generally, well, you know, it's it's six to eight months, and we think you should at least be practicing by such and such a time. With this one, it's different. It's a back. But the longer there's no, I hate to say definitive timeline because things do change, but as long as there's not a more more specifics on, on what we're looking at, he, you know, he could be working his ass, I'm sure he is, working his ass off during the week to, to do what he needs to do, and we don't see that. So everything we're, we're talking about is we don't have all the information. But the longer teams, not just the Colts, but teams don't give you specifics, then speculation comes up. So it's, a, it's a really a, it, it's a hard dynamic. But the longer it goes, just because basically he didn't play last year. I mean, three games and 70-some snaps, and, and it was obvious to everybody, including himself, that he wasn't ready. So he's having not played since since 2021. You got to be concerned. And and with with fans and certainly those that cover it, like like you and I, it's not just about a return. It's about all right. What are your expectations here? Is he going to be anywhere near what you thought when you gave him that money in an extension? Is he going to live up to the expectations that everybody felt, or is he just going to be a guy? Is he just coming back and that's it? There are layers to this more than just his return in general, Mike. No, no question. And that's why I say the longer it goes, the more concerned in my mind there is. Uh, you know, and, and maybe if he's back, if, if he's back physically 100%, maybe he's ready to play. But but he's not that guy yet, for whatever reason. You know, with a lot of injuries, it's a year after you come back. Now again, all injuries are different, but you're right. I mean, is he going to be just a guy, or is he going to be, you know, the takeaway guy and the tackles and and plays that make a difference? You don't know, and you're not going to know until until you see with your own eyes. 
again, is that September, October? I don't know. So the longer we don't see the, 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 the baby steps, the practice time, then the concern grows. And if that irritates Shaq, I'm sorry, but it's a, whether it's him or JT or anybody else, you'd have these concerns because we've gone through this with players who had these lingering injuries and yes. they didn't come back. You know, I'm not going to mention names, but we've been through this. The largest scale of disappointment. And not just one of those side swiping for the moment, like large scale, still digging out of disappointment with that. <laughs> exactly. So you've got you've got some charbroiled feelings around here in terms of yeah, that. And so he's catching the, the the flag still from that because his franchise has been burned. And I realize we're we're talking different situations, but and the one thing I say is again, I think this is. I think Shaq's pushing this as hard as he as he can, as hard as the rehab guys will let him. But you know, the, the, he's not at least as of last week. Now maybe he's out there this week practicing. I don't know because we get to see him tomorrow. But I doubt it, and I understand that. But uh, but until we see with our own eyes him practicing, not and we're not even getting from the coaching staff. You know, he's working his tail off. If you guys could see him out there in the indoor facility during the week, you'd have a different – well, we don't get even that. So in the absence of any information, your your concern, your anxiety increases, and it will increase in my mind until we see him practicing. So Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59 is going to be watching for player participation. So, And again, if we get past him, yeah. you'd like to see Josh Downs out there, uh, Jelani Woods – Will Mallory, like seeing, you know, Braden Smith out there. But it, it, this is the time of year that, that, that if a player has anything that's bothering him, a tight hamstring, whatever, they don't practice. And I understand that. But the guys I mentioned, th- th- these are going to be major players. You know, Juju Brands is not going to practice. And he's missing valuable time because we all think he's got a chance, a strong chance of starting in September. So this is an important time for rookies, for everybody. So that's what I'm more seeing. Not as much what they do on the field, although it is fun watching Richardson throw because he's got a gun. But it's really getting the the younger guys out there incorporated, ready to go as much as they can before they take the break in the middle of June. Yeah, and uh, let the quarterback be ready for week number one. And I'll say this, um, yeah, I I look at this this schedule and everybody said, hey, what a snoozer of a schedule. That's boring. I it. It is something to where this well, this team can be competitive. I would expect them to be competitive with that, even outside what we don't know about the quarterback or what's unexpected about Anthony Richardson. This team should be able to compete game after game with that schedule, which I think could make it interesting. It could make it incredibly disappointing, but it also could be interesting if you look at it that way. They should have won seven or eight games last year. With yeah. all the chaos, with all with all the junk that went and then on, and Jeff Saturday would still be here. Well, that's another argument. <laughs> true, but you look at this schedule, yeah. and it's funny with the draft. Jim Mercy talked about. Well, I had a long talk with Marvin Harrison, and you know what that was about. Why well, is about Marvin Jr.? I think this team <laughs> has a really good chance of winning too many games to worry about Marvin Jr. Unless you trade up, Marvin Jr. is going to go top five higher if he wasn't a receiver. 
so yeah, I, I think they're going to be better record-wise than a lot. Of, I, I think I saw the line was it five and a half is what the over/under is. I, I think, think so. Yeah, five and a half. Boy, if I were betting, and you know, I I take the over just because the schedule, you know, the Rams and you know, the NFC South. You know, you play the NFC South and the AFC South. That's two pretty good divisions to play. So, of course, Houston's thinking the same thing. Hey, we got the Colts twice. That's what they all think. Yes, I know. Exactly. It is a sad state of affairs with the Colts or the easy marks. Well, I know. And, and, that's where, and that's where Richardson and the supporting cast, they need within a year to have that not be the case. Yeah. That people are concerned about you, and if if he's that good, and he can be good early, that could very well be the case, and we won't know until September, October. He is Mike Chapel, CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nines. Got you covered for OTAs and more. You can read his stuff, and every Thursday at five o'clock, he's right here on the show on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Have a fantastic weekend. Stay in the AC. Going to be a little toasty out there, a little sweaty. I'm on my porch now, and there's a hot breeze. I'm going back inside. I barely have a shirt on right now. I'm not going to have a shirt on the entire weekend. I'm ready. It's going to be in the 90s, and, you know, just deal with it. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I, I tell you, I, I, I did put my snow shovel away. Yeah, good for so you. It's in the garage. <laughs> I, I think we're safe. Good thought. Thanks, Mike. See you. It's a Mike Chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59. Shirtless all weekend. Who's with me? Barely have one to get a little V-neck working in here today. I have some breathable parts here. All right, meet you rest of the way at 239-1070. Also, your chance to win Rick Springfield, the Hooters, Tommy Two-Tone tickets. That is an 80s extravaganza. TCU Amphitheater coming up in August. Your chance to win when you hear a re-entry song from one of those artists. Your chance to win coming up. Calls at 239-1070-93-5-1075, the fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Are you kidding? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Thank you for joining this show today. Great to be back. Again, shout out to Brian No and Greg Raystraw for being in here on Tuesday and Wednesday, respectively. And a shout out to you. Shout out to you on Friday at Carb Day. Incredible performance by you. Actually, it's funny. So I take this picture. It's an annual photograph I take every year of everybody at Carb Day giving me, as they say, where I'm from in Greene County, the fanger. So everybody gives me the fanger 
because I asked them to give me the finger, and then somebody named Jeff got mad and started ripping on everybody for giving me the finger, and I just wanted to make sure that Jeff – I wasn't mad at Jeff. I wanted to make sure that Jeff understood that that's what I want them to do. I loved it. That's every year an annual photo we take at Carb Day at Pagoda Plaza every year. But I loved being there. loved hanging out. J-Law and Jim McCann. I'm going to end up leaving somebody out, and they're going to be mad at me. My apologies. I'm trying to think, who left stuff in my car? Chad, I think, left stuff in my car. Mac was out there with us. Oh, Litzy was out. Litzy's Litzy is becoming a legend. Great time. So, I was telling the story, right, going back to Friday to Carb Day. Uh, I saw Doug Bowles over at the Brian Adams and Soul Asylum show after I was done. He goes, hey, hey, come back here with me. So, I, I grabbed my son Blake and we went backstage and I was talking to uh, Jim Cornelson, who performs back home again in Indiana, and Doug Bowles back there. And I think Brian Adams at the time was doing Summer of 69. And everybody was dialed into that. And I look over, and Blake is talking to some long-haired dude. <laughs> he was sitting on this uh, cement pillar or cement barricade. And so I walk over, and and it was uh, Dave Perner of Solace. <laughs> He was talking to Blake for about 10 minutes about what he wanted to do for the future. Dave Perner was just kind of walking around back there, taking everything in. All right, so where are we going back to Carb Day? Did everybody enjoy the show? Here's what you can expect next year. I got the feeling that it is going to be skewed much younger next year. And a lot of you have argued it should have been already. I love Brian Adams, so I was digging it. I thought it was a great show. I, I thought he was a great performer. Um, when he did everything I do, I do for you, about halfway through, I thought, yeah, I probably would have left that one out of the mix. But whatever. I mean, that's one of his classic songs, but not one of my favorites. But I thought he was great. Everybody around me thought he was great. I'm kind of curious what you thought. You like the show, not. But, again, it was great. Thank you very much for everybody coming out and hanging out with us. Great time. And I always thank you for that. Our engineers are absolutely unmatched. I mean, everybody down there. I thank our engineers, sales staff, getting everything going. Uh, People back here, Tony Katz was fantastic. I enjoyed the pre-race show on Sunday morning with Tony. Like, it's weird. We talk about completely different things because I couldn't care less about what he's talking about and certainly don't have an opinion to want to dive into any of that crap every single day. And I'm sure he feels the same way about the stuff I dive into every single day. But it is a great time on Sunday that I have with him. Very big-time opposites is what we are. Uh, works well. Shout out to the Pacers for bringing Tyrese Halliburton over for a conversation. And, you know, beyond that, the good fortune that it takes, I talk about the good fortune that it takes to win that race. And whether or not you like the fact that they race to the finish or Marcus Erickson should have won on the caution, 
I talk about good fortune at a lot of levels in terms of winning and losing out there, but the uh, good fortune that it was a car that got hit by that tire. And obviously the Speedway is is uh, purchasing that uh, young lady a new vehicle. I am glad that it hit her vehicle. I'm glad that she's getting a new vehicle and it hit her vehicle. I, I couldn't get away from that when that happened because I was actually at the race when things didn't end like that. Was it Danny Angias's tire then? I mean, that, those are just bad memories, and that thing could have been so awful. I mean, there's no way around it, and the fact that that tire went between the second turn suites and the grandstand right there is absolutely incredible to me. Incredible. Just a, a stroke of great fortune. And I'm talking just beyond Kyle Kirkwood coming out of that unscathed. But that tire hitting that empty space and hitting the front left quarter panel of that Chevy Cruze was by far the best fortune of the weekend. The best thing that happened that weekend was that. I had a great time. I love Brian Adams. I love Sunday. I love the race. Joseph Newgarden goes without saying, covered in milk for the first time. But the best fortune of that weekend was that. Now you play that back and you go, what? How in the world? That was the best fortune for everybody. 239-1070. J-Law was out there with me. Hello, J-Law. How are you? Hey, I'm finally rested. Uh, yeah, no, it took you a little bit. See, I, I got, I felt good. I got a pretty good second wind. So yeah, but it was a it was a long Friday. There's no doubt about that. I saw I saw you a little bit tired. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to thank you. It was a fabulous day. Great show. Thanks for letting me hang out. Uh, man, what a great day. I mean, the weather, the fans. That was the biggest crowd I've ever seen out there on Carb Day, and it was just a, a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. And I think going back to 2016, when, when clearly they had like 75K to see Journey, uh, they didn't have that large of a crowd, but it wasn't that far off. And it certainly was the largest since that and probably top two of large Carb Day crowds right along with it. And by the way, I have a cooler and two chairs in your, in your car. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, you also got sunblock. <laughs> Sunblock, Sunblock, a cooler. Here's here's what's in my car right now. Your cooler, I think Chad's, is it Chad's cooler that's in there too, or is it Jim McCann's cooler? I think it's Jim McCann's. Jim McCann's cooler. Um, Brendan King's sunglasses case, which may or may not be incredibly douchey. I'm not sure. It may be a douchey. His sunglasses case is back there. And Kyle Knezovich is ceremonial um, Indy 500 brick. From the brickyard. It's back there, too. Uh, I mean, hell, everybody left everything uh, back there. I got it. But, but what a great weekend. I had three <laughs> more days of folks at the, the food bar pool, and uh, it was just a great weekend here in Indy. Yeah, man. And, and I'm going to tell you, it doesn't happen. It does not happen without the people that are out there celebrating with us. I, I, I absolutely, it is my favorite weekend and my favorite days of doing this show. It's just, it's, person, it's like when we come together and, and like the jackassery aside. So it's great. Yeah. 
one person and one canine you forgot. You forgot about Dixie and BC. Now, yep, yep, no doubt about that. I did. And, you know, I think, uh, well, I mean, and Harley D and Nicole were out there, too. They oh, brought yeah. the uh, they brought the Jello shots. I do I'd forget some here on the spot, but, man, it was a, it was a great time out there, and, and uh, I can't wait to do it again. It's way too long we have to wait for another year to come around and do that. Great time. And, qu- and quite honestly, I don't care what the music group is. I'm going to go see them. Yeah. Whether it's. Well, Terry Como to whoever who's new. I'm going to go out there and see him. I'm trying to think who I wouldn't go see. That's a good question you ask. Who would I? Because I think everybody knows me. I embrace uh, various forms, a large scale of music. I like a great deal. I'm trying to think where I wouldn't go out there. I mean, obviously, with R.I.P. to Meatloaf, I I probably would go see Meatloaf if he were still with us and out there, even though I would cringe and have it to sit through like 15 minutes of <laughs> I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Um, no, I yeah, I don't know who I wouldn't go see. That's a hell of a question you ask. Yeah. But anyway, thanks again. We'll do it again next year. Jay law thank you. Jay law from the Food Bar Lounge. Great time. I literally went home with a bunch of stuff. I had no idea what it was. Yeah, Mark Tinsley, I would not go see Puddle of Mud and that that clown. <laughs> if you guys if you guys don't know the backstory on the lead singer of Puddle of Mud and that, I'm gonna ask me some other time. I won't tell you right now. There's a backstory. Puddle of douche. I would not want to see that. <laughs> Hey, of course this is who I am. Here's my Wikipedia page. Now your Wikipedia page has nothing but you going to jail on it. Yeah, of course that's you. Uh, Scott's before the break at 239-1070. Hello, Scott. Hey, JMV. Uh, I was in that uh, stand, J stand, in the middle of the North Chute when the guy got hit, and he was on the very top row, and it was... uh, the ironic thing about the whole thing is my uh, head stock that I worked with, his stepdad was Willie Davis, and he worked for Bettenhausen's crew. It came off of Tony Bettenhausen's car, and it went the wheel went right up in the groove right in front of Guerrero. And uh, the thing about the thing that was so ironic is Mario dominated that race and should have won that race. Right. And Guerrero hits the wheel, and what people don't realize that about that is it destroyed the clutch assembly. It destroyed the clutch in the nose of the car, and he comes in on his last pit stop, and it just it, the car dies. I mean, he couldn't get it back into gear, and that was what he was fearing. You, when you, be, you believe that was stop. a point in time, too, Scott, where people cheered? When when Tom Carnegie you know announced that you know Mario whenever Tom Carnegie said and Mario was slowing down or Mario was at a stop the crowd cheered back then right and I, I could never understand that because I, I grew up down the street from John Andretti and I was a big Andretti fan yeah. so I mean you cannot be a fan when you grew up down the street from you know <laughs> no doubt. And, uh, no, nope, yeah, I was, was I was in the turn one infield as a and Scott. Thank you very much for the call as a high school junior, I believe, during that race. Hey, quick break. We'll come back with you guys at two three nine ten seventy for a final time. West Scanlon, yeah, I would not go see put. Hey, Doug Bowles, do not book a puddle of felonies. All right, we don't want to see that puddle of felonies. 
That is one I would not go see. Quick one, final time, your chance to win tickets too. Don't leave. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Lisa, three. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Nathaniel's done a great job over there. James as well. Welcome back. All right, TCU Amphitheater coming up. White River State Park, which is a great venue, August the 5th. That's a Saturday night. Rick Springfield, Tommy Two-Tone, and this band. This may not be a a song that you're going to leave me up just for a second there, if you would. All right? This is the Hooters, Philadelphia band, the Hooters. Very popular in Germany, like David Hasselhoff. The Hooters also did this as probably more noted and we dance but all you zombies is one of the great forgotten songs of the 1980s and the hooters rarely play live in the states you're going to get a chance to go see it number nine at 239 1070 right now rick springfield the hooters tommy two-tone that is an 80s extravaganza august the 5th It's a Saturday at the awesome TCU Amphitheater at White River State Park. Time we have left. We'll get to hopefully a couple of calls and then bail. Uh, Quickly, you guys asked me, uh, somebody tweeted at me this weekend how much I like the White House Plumbers. It was a five-episode series, mini-series on HBO. If you haven't seen it, you can watch it on your own time. Woody Harrelson and Justin Theroux are incredible. If you like history, especially history at that time regarding Watergate, you know, early to mid-70s, Justin Thoreau as G. Gordon Liddy is incredible stuff. The White House Plumbers. It's about the Watergate break-in, uh, the bugging of the uh, Democratic headquarters in the Watergate Hotel that ultimately led to Richard Nixon resigning. And about 30-plus of those dudes being arrested. Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy. That's Woody Harrelson and Justin Theroux. Justin Theroux of G. Gordon Liddy was great. So if you ask me about that, check that out on your own time. It is now over, but I'm sure available for you to indulge on whatever HBO Max is called now. Max or whatever. You hear about it every time you turn on the television, what HBO Max is now. But it's great. Great nonetheless. Roger is at 239-1070. Roger, hello. Hey there, Jam B. Did you hear about New Garden and Team Pinsky celebrating down at uh, the Atomic Bowling Alley in Fountain Square? Well, I did I, I did not. Is this radio worthy regarding this celebration here, Roger? Hey, it was. Uh, the uh, Also, the guys who were there were the uh, four pilots and the six uh, Golden Knight guys. Oh, awesome. That's all. By the it way, was, the, fl- uh, the flyover was awesome, too. Yes. They, they were great dudes. No, the, the flyover was great, and then the Golden Knights coming out of the airplanes, parachuting down was fantastic. Yeah, but what was happening? Yeah, it was. they were there 
hanging out, partying, celebrating. Um, I guess New Garden and his wife, their very first date was down at the Atomic Bowling Alley in Fountain Square. That's awesome. Well done right yeah, there. We need, we need to get you down there. They were on a rooftop bar, and then they were down in the bowling alley. And, Wait a minute. Uh, How have I not broadcast live from the Atomic Bowling Alley rooftop bar? How's that not happened? Well, they're, they're two different venues, oh, but okay. yeah, we need to get you down there. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I happen to know some of the owners. So Well, Roger, we put, the we, put the wheels in motion. I love doing live shows, and it's been a while since I've been to Fountain Square, so that sounds like a good gig. Let's do it. The rooftop bar is awesome. We'd love to have you. Roger, thank you very much. The rooftop bar like broadcasting live from the rooftop hey michael close this quickly 239-1070 what's up not much great. that was last last week hey i gotta ask you just uh, this been, was this year's race the craziest race you've ever seen especially with the victory celebration um i don't know if it's the craziest i've i've ever seen but because i live in the moment like a lot of us I, nothing comes to mind right away I, I go back to you know 92 and you know that that race uh, it's probably the craziest I guess I've I've maybe ever seen, and it was about thirty degrees. It felt like so maybe yeah, that maybe that, that Michael in ninety two was the craziest. So yeah, one last thing before I let you go, that was the, the door short you between three and four tonight, and just staying Jake coming out turn four. Yeah, yeah, and eighty right. eighty yeah. eighty. Thank you very much. Eighty five, the spin to win of Danny Sullivan, and not completely because he was also on an episode of Miami Vice, but maybe that was one of the crazier ones right there. Kyle, the winner. Hey, Kyle, you want to go see Rick Springfield, the Hooters, and Tommy Two-Tone? Absolutely. Big-time 80s fan, are you? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm I'm exactly one year older from, than you, so. Oh, class of 87, are, uh, man. We have the same stuff, man. Uh, let me tell you what. Interest. The class of 87, where I come from, okay. had some had some smoke involved in it right there. So, not, and not literally, but, you know, chick-wise, smoke. Good. Yes. All right, Kyle, they're going to get your info. Go ahead. Congratulations. Kyle's going to go see Rick Springfield, the Hooters, and Tommy Two-Tone. 87 was a good class. 1984 was a good class. Good classes for smoke. Tom Dean Hart, Mitch Hanna's Mike Chapel Podcast, 1075thefan.com. Tomorrow, you guys are ready. We're going to, speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of smoke, we're going to be at Twin Peaks tomorrow. We're going to celebrate the grand opening in Greenwood. I want to see everybody down there, everybody that whines that we never go to the south side. Greenwood tomorrow, the Twin Peaks grand opening begins at 3. Cannot wait to see you there on County Line Road next to the Greenwood Park Mall. Nathaniel, great job. James, thank you. To all of our guests, you listening inside the lounge via YouTube Live as well. Have a great night. We'll see you at Twin Peaks in Greenwood tomorrow at 3.